Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Family Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by Dan, also of Invictus Capital, Kruger. Hello. I don't know if I've ever actually pointed out just in the intro that you are also part of the company. You're here. Um, yeah, we've never specified that, so I don't know if that's going to turn people off. And I want it to be known for everybody wondering, why is Anthony the host and why is Dan the the co-host? That's a good question. And and, and this I'm, I've been wondering about this because I just recently looked at some PPM documents and it had Dan listed as president and I'm co-president. So I'm like the mm-hmm. assistant to the regional manager. I'm a little chuffed about this, but at least I'm the host. I don't know if you are the host. You know what? Just sit over there quietly, Mr. Co-host, and I'm going to take us away as we go on a magical journey. Actually, this this topic is um, a little bit more into your wheelhouse than it is into my wheelhouse. But I'm not sure what topic we're doing. We're going to be writing on the back of napkins. Oh, how do we underwrite on the back of a napkin? Really quickly, high level. I, yeah, this and I wanted to dive into this one because uh, this is not how to underwrite a deal. Mm-hmm. It's not that. This is like we look at a lot of deals that come across our table and we have to be able to know within an instant, is this even warrant looking deeper into? Because otherwise we could waste a whole lot of time. And this came to the top of my mind because I was working with a, a student the other day who's like, how long is it going to take me to underwrite all these deals? And I was like, until you're able to know the answer to these few variables and you can answer those quickly, it's going to take you a long time. So, yeah. so Dan, what goes into underwriting on a napkin? Well, a whole bunch of stuff. Well, first off, you need a napkin. So I'd recommend going to like Jimmy John's. One? We're talking like a Jimmy McDonald. John's. Oh, Jimmy John's. Jimmy okay. John's is probably the best napkin for this. Um, really absorbs no, the ink no, nicely. It, well, it's a quality napkin. It is good. It's good. good. Anyways, no, we're not literally writing on napkins. But like Anthony said, the goal of the back of the napkin uh, underwriting, if you even want to call it that, is you've got to be able to look at an opportunity and decide within uh, a few minutes. I'd say maybe 15 minutes tops whether or not it's worth your time to look at it any further, right? Because we look at, I'd say probably about a hundred deals and we move forward on those and actually close on uh, maybe 1% of those, right? So one in a hundred will actually take all the way to the closing table. And out of those hundred, we might only get really serious about 15 to 20. So that means the majority of things that come across your desk are probably not even going to be worth your time uh, to look at. And you've got to be able to, you know, shove those aside and move on to the next thing. Otherwise you're going to be sitting there spinning your wheels on something that isn't even really a great deal. So the point of this is basically to determine whether or not this is worth more than 15 minutes of your time. Mm -hmm. 
So there's a few things you want to look at. Um, one of the most important things, at least for us, since we're in the value add business model, is we want to find an opportunity where we can add value. And typically that's done by um, improving units, improving operations, reducing operating expenses. Uh, but mainly it's by improving the quality of the living experience of the resident. So upgrading the unit. All right. And so a really good uh, thing to look for right off the bat, if you're into the value add type of thing, like we are, is you want to see the rents that are in place below what the market rents are for all the comparable properties. That's something that you can de determine relatively quickly. And I'd say that's one of the most important things for us is we want to see a Delta. What are they getting for rents right now? And what is the rest of the market getting? Mm -hmm. That's a really great place to start. Let's, let's pause there because this is critical. This is like the first thing is looking at rents are they already getting top of the market rents? If so, you're probably not going to have any opportunity to add value. There's maybe, maybe you're going to just put some equity into the deal and just park it there and you want the tax benefits, but it, the deal is probably not going to be a grand slam if it's the rents are already at market. So that's for us. The first thing, where do we go to actually find what market rents are? If you're not familiar with your, with your market, and this is like step one to becoming a really proficient operator is knowing your market in and out. Like what do class C, B, A assets rent for in this neighborhood versus this neighborhood on this street versus that street. And that's going to come with time and with a lot of reps. But in the beginning, what you can do is go and look at, say, Craigslist or apartments.com and start pulling up and seeing what's currently being offered in the marketplace that's comparable and say, well, that's about what market is. Get a bunch of data points, put those together and say, that's market rent. And then say, where does this property fall compared to those properties on a price per square foot basis, on a on a aggregate rent basis and say, is there room to move? That's step one. What yeah. next? Yeah, and I think that's that's an important one. I think it's important to point out as well. Anthony named off a couple spots that you can look, and we've got the uh, the luxury of having been operating in this market for a long time, so we don't need to do a really in depth analysis on the the rental market for this back of the napkin piece. But if you're not at that stage and you do need to actually do a rent analysis, I always recommend people get their data from a few different places. So Anthony mentioned, you know, public listings, Craigslist, Apartments.com. That's great. That tells you what they're marketing at doesn't necessarily tell you what they're actually getting. So another place that you can go is uh, CoStar, which is basically the MLS type of thing for uh, commercial properties and apartment buildings. You might not have access to it yourself, costs a little bit of money, but a broker can definitely run a report uh, for you from there, which is going to give you more insight into what the actual rents are that certain buildings are, are actually achieving. Another one that's uh, kind of free or you pay a little bit is it's either pronounced rent-o-meter or rent-a-meter. Rentometer. Rentometer. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can spell it. I don't know how to pronounce it with confidence, but it's a site where you can actually get some pretty good free data. And if you want to give them a little bit of money, I think it's about a hundred bucks yeah, a year. A bit. You can actually get some pretty comprehensive data. So I look at CoStar. I look at Rentometer. I look at uh, the public listings and then, um, yeah, and then we've got our database of portfolios we actually or properties that we actually own, which is probably that's most, the most trustworthy data. That's the most valuable data um, point for us is yeah. once you get to that portfolio size of being able to say, well, right across the street, we have a building that's exactly like this, and this is what it's getting. Cool. Yeah. That's that's a, a solid data point. 
key is you're pulling them from multiple sources so that you can get a really good idea because it's none of them are 100 percent accurate but if you get a bunch of different data sources put them together then you've got a pretty uh, good idea of what those averages are mm-hmm. all right next up and, and and when we're doing the back of the napkin it goes without saying like we're looking at the rents we're looking at the expenses and and the purchase price those are like the three things for me that i look at initially but it, this is all presumed that the asset is within a certain age of vintage a uh, certain size in a certain neighborhood like these are the things that i'm looking for is like some neighborhoods are just no go immediately don't even have to bust out my napkin i just i know those neighborhoods i don't want to go play in that it could be a building that's like built in 1892 and i'm like ah eh, i don't mind old buildings but i'm not in the i don't really want to go take on that type of a headache in this area right so you got to understand the vintage and the inventory that you're dealing with but beyond that as we're looking at what makes that deal specifically potentially interesting is rents expenses purchase price because if you can't get the rents if there if there's no room to go upwards because you're already at market and the expenses are nominal i say like you're running at a 50 percent expense ratio and the numbers are coming out okay then the only other place to get the value is just to buy it below market at a really good purchase price. Yeah, that's, that's the really other thing it. we look at is we've got a good sense of what the price per door should be. You know, it's a range for a certain type of product, right, in our area. And so we know that. So if we know in our area that things are typically going for 125 to 140 grand a door on the high end, that if we see something come across our desk where the seller's trying to get 160 or 175 a door, I mean, we might look at it for a couple minutes, but we know that that's a really high hurdle to hit and it's probably not going to make a lot of sense. So that's a pretty quick and easy one that, again, you'll get a good sense of that from doing a lot of reps and looking at a lot of deals. But uh, the purchase price is another really good indicator to look at uh, right at the get-go. You don't always get a purchase price, though. So sometimes that one's not that easy. That one can't – yeah, that one's hard. You can sometimes get a whisper price from the broker. They'll give you some kind of guidance. But honestly, that's probably the most important one to me is a price per unit. If I know that number of what they're looking to get and I know the neighborhood that it is and the age and class of the building, I can tell you fairly closely if there's some potential there. Um, And if there is potential, then we start diving into the rent and the expenses and start looking at this asset more closely. But honestly, like that's that's what I look like look at on a napkin. I don't know if you look at more. I'm pretty basic. No, and honestly, on the expense side, you usually don't even have any visibility to that. I just assume 50%. Yeah, exactly. That's when I do my back of the napkin thing, I take the purchase price. I can look at that and decide if it's somewhat reasonable. And then it's the, the, it's the rents, right? We can get the rents through a 50% expense ratio on there, which is fairly conservative. Mm -hmm. And if things start to pencil there, then it's probably worth getting on the phone with the broker and say, Hey, let's, let's go, let's go take a look at this thing in person and see what's there. And then sometimes you find out even more info when you get on site and tons of opportunity, or maybe it's the opposite. You show up and it's like, a dump. Yep. So the the simplest, like the absolute simplest way you could do this is if you have the rents, you know what the revenue is, just divide that by two, divide that by what you believe is the market cap rate that that asset should go for. How close is that to the rough asking price? Is it it's probably lower? It's probably lower. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, take a look. And, and if you're within spitting distance, okay, let's have a conversation and see if we can dive deeper into these numbers, massage them more. But if you're not even within spitting distance with that type of analysis, generally I find that you're going to spend a lot of time spinning your wheels, not making a lot of traction. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Your napkin's full. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed your Jimmy John sandwich and this quick bite, this tasty little tidbit. If you did, Share it with a friend. Yeah, sharing is caring. I know it's COVID times, but um, it's a sub. You're, you're eating a sub, a tasty podcasting sub. You can let them eat the other end of it and meet in the middle like Lady and the Tramp on a piece of spaghetti. Sounds messy. 
what I'm really trying to say, if that metaphor was very unclear, which I think it was. I'm really confused. Okay. Is go leave a review and share this episode with a friend that you think might get some value out of it. I did not know that's what your ask was, nope. but now I do. Also, if you have a I'm sandwich really that you want to share with us, we will eat it. So bring it on over. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for us. We appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us. We will see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.